Hello and welcome to the 6++ Show, a podcast for your wargaming and 40k needs. Hobby talk, tactics, tournament reports, lore and much more. We have it all. Please welcome your host for the evening, Tom. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, and Knight Valiants to that 6++ show. I am Tom, and I am talking, because I'm in charge for tonight. And I'm joined, as ever, by my my dear leader, Chris. How are you doing, Chris? I'm very well. Tired. Been a long time. Yeah, I'm feeling tired this week. There's been a lot of having to do other stuff that Mm, is important. So, yeah, you know, telling parents how wonderful or not wonderful their childhood. Oh, parents' evening, yeah. Um, that's, and then got force-fed a lot of pancakes by my dearest. So, oh, that's nice, day. though. That's a positive. Oh yeah. And have you managed to do any war hammering in in and amongst the work? I have been painting Dire Avengers. It's still on the Dire Avengers. We're okay. on twenty <laughs> now. It's 20. week three of Dire Avengers now. I think. Yeah, we've done twenty. To be fair, the first 10 took quite a while the second 10 took one very long painting session just nice. was like getting this done so i've got some white ones got some blue ones the third batch will be pink yeah and you're sort of moving the colors around on them aren't you they look they look very pretty they'll all blend um, in. are you going to yeah. then mix the squads up or are you going to have them in there well okay. i mean this is a crazy talk well, uh, they're be... buddying up with harlequins and stuff maybe <laughs> they're just they're just feeling it yeah uh, they'll, uh, <laughs> no there'll be blue white and pink squads and then, um, yeah, just got bikes to do. So got to get the airbrush out for that just to do, you know, whatever, 27 wind riders. No, I'm not really taking 27 wind riders, but um, lots of wind riders. Might Shine. be good. Might be good. Might be, be good. good. Probably quite a lot. <laughs> Being on orcs, but yeah, that's, uh, that's me. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we, we have a special guest who I'll introduce in a moment, but we also have a not special guest. And that's, <laughs> that, that's, that's Aaron. How are you doing, Aaron? You're right. I'm good. Thanks. Tom, yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'm very well. I'm very well. What have you been up to, Aaron? Anything exciting? Um, no, unfortunately, like the rest of you think, I've actually been doing a bit of work. This week, it's so super annoying, isn't it? It's really annoying. <laughs> I, I did get back into the Storm Boys, so they are almost okay. finished. Just got to finish highlighting them. And I exactly. started building the UKTC terrain tonight. So. Right. Oh, that's cool. It's getting, it's getting to the point where I'm just going to have to build and buy. Well, buy then build, actually, probably. some Because everyone has it now. Do you not have it? I don't have it. I'm really lazy. I keep borrowing everyone else's. It's not good. I will. No, I'll get that sorted out. Excellent. Well, that's good. I'm looking forward to seeing your orcs on the table. Mm. Um, I don't think I've paid any 40k. So, but I have paid a, a troglodon, which is pretty fun uh, for for Age of Sigma. A little skink riding a sort of it's very Spinosaurus like in appearance. Oh. So, fan of Jurassic Park three that I am, was very keen to assemble that one. Um, so that's that's the only bit of hobby I've done. But it's I think we'll try and get some pictures of that up when we get to the next instalment of Tale of Five War Gamers. Mm-hmm. But I'm getting ahead of myself because we're going to do some self promotion. We're really good at self promotion actually Something. these days. We're top at it yeah. chris do you want to do our plus roundup quickly for everybody yeah so we have got um a whole host of goodies on the youtube page um we have just released bug watch um number three davy's loving talking about the bugs <laughs> um then we uh, ed who's just joined us he is doing a brand new series called you me and the uktc mm. and what he's going to be doing is each episode um, he focuses on one of the particular missions um, and the terrain layout and that sort of thing, and then addresses a certain conception. 
So in the first one, it's about secure missing artifacts, and he talks about triangles, but also, <laughs> um, but also kind of about the beat down and the control player and how to identify that. Yeah. Um, we're doing a monthly series on um, Sigma, a tale of five war gamers. The first episode is out now. That's roared to 187 views in three days. So oh, if, wow. uh, if you have um, any sort of interest in Sigma and just want to have something on in the background and listen to us chat about our interest and what army we're going to be collecting, the first episode is like that. Um, Tom has gone for um, why are GSC so good? He's doing a Gene Steeler Cults in Arcs of Omen series. Spilling the beans. Yeah, the beans. all the beans, all the secrets. So uh, that's been very popular so far so it's got a lot of people talking some yeah. people don't think they're good some people do that's been fun mm-hmm. um, um, there's all sorts going on we and that's kind of aaron's gonna be doing another tau episode soon yeah i think it's the continuation then isn't it it's gonna be a few yeah probably to tomorrow or something rolling I shows. To, no, yeah, i went to record yeah, it on monday but no one was none of the lists were unlocked oh yeah yeah City tournament organisers. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, um, we've got a battle report, which I need to edit. And um, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the plus in action. That was a good set. I think Ed's, the, the Ed episode is really good. And if you are a regular on UKTC, it's a really good series to have, yeah. have a look at because Ed is a veteran. And um, as a control player, what got put upon by a beatdown player at the last time he played Secure Missing Artifacts, there were lessons in there for me um, about how to approach that game. So it's definitely a very useful one. Awesome. Right. Okay. Well, we will move to our special guest because we are, in fact, joined by the one and only Lewis Elms. Say hello, Lewis. How are you doing? Hello, everybody. How are you doing? Very good. Thank you. All the better for having you here. So oh, thank you very much. Lewis, you do all sorts. Do you want to do you want to tell tell the listeners sort of your sort of your array of contributions to this wonderful hobby? Yeah, yeah, settling everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have just reminded me that uh, I've just I've just come from organizing an event this weekend and I haven't actually submitted any of the scores to the ITC or <laughs> so just doing a bit of admin on the side, oh, if you don't mind. <laughs> Lewis, Lewis, players absolutely love it when you don't immediately do that. <laughs> That's their favorite thing. You won't get any messages you won't hear from them <laughs> I, I, I haven't i've been, it's been such a busy day at work today i've not even looked at my messages so uh, i'm sure going around isn't it 45 mostly mostly from paul bridge asking why he's why his score isn't out on the uk oh team. yeah well, paul bridge wants to go briefly number one at UKTC, <laughs> doesn't he <laughs> just by dint of having played more events than anybody else so well well, well done paul bridge <laughs> i'm sliding down i was quite high up for, on for similar reasons but now i'm being i'm being nudged out by everyone that's actually good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no so yeah that, i'm i obviously i organize events um so i organize the saffron slam events over here in essex in saffron walden a little bit mm. near cambridge um so we just did our sixth one this weekend which was uh which was a resounding success actually i haven't had a really really good time amazing um got some more coming up uh coming up this year so i've got a, a gt which our first ever gt in may 13th 14th of may um it's going to come with a little bit of support from you guys as well which i'm really excited to uh really excited to get off the ground yeah um and that's actually going to be held at the uh, the town hall in saffron walden which is this absolutely stunning old Mm. tudor building with big big stained glass windows and the hall that we're playing in is a bit like the hogwarts hall it's got big portraits on the wall and things like that so uh, you get a big red carpet that gets you up to the venue and all that sort of stuff as well up the stairs and things so uh, um hopefully should be something a little bit different Um, it's usually exciting yeah 
Yeah, definitely. And, and I'm trying with my events anyway. To, to they're, they're, ne- they're not going to ever be the, the, the cutting edge of competitive play. I think that, that's well catered for in the UK anyway by, mm. the, uh, by the excellent UKTC events. So trying to do something a bit different, um, trying to make the events kind of uh, the most sort of welcoming events that we can mm. that new players old players veterans people that are really good people aren't very good and mm. can all, all, all come along and have have a really great time together so um Amazing. in my opinion i think that's the best way we can play 40k cool. together of course so. it is yeah absolutely that's that's a really a really noble cause and i mean it, it's clearly working because i hear good things about saffron slam every time it happens so this is yeah. this is really really cool yeah um, and i mean that's, that's credit to the players though really i mean i i can i can blather on about inclusive <laughs> inclusivity and trying to encourage people from different backgrounds to come along different ages uh, and try and come but actually when you get down to it, it it's it relies on those players having five five really good opponents over the course of the weekend and and, and touchwood who's been, been really successful so far every player is, is really bought into that as a uh, as a way that we want to deliver our events so uh, uh, that's been really really positive you've got a um you've got a nice kind of like solid group because um yeah. i've been to three of them i think in its various guises now and just you know the core of your area is really like they're just a positive you know they're not ne- some of them aren't necessarily the most competitive but they're there for a good time yeah um, and then the more competitive players you have attracted any so you've got the right ones the ones who aren't going there for that as you say like that cutthroat aspect mm. um, they're going there and you can kind of tailor how you play and that sort of thing and I just think the the whole atmosphere and ethos in like the hall is is like a really nice positive one which mm. um it's a wonderful thing it's a wonderful thing and it's it it does take cultivation you know it's not easy so all credit to you that's really cool yeah and i think i think actually if uh if some of the so we do get some really, really good players so franco um oh, one, yes. of, uh, yeah, yeah. one of one of your boys he's on our horde yes yes <laughs> he's obviously a fan, one of the one of the best demon players in the world a wonderful like, wonderful adventure. player yeah, yeah um, wonderful player and him and others like him, like Jack Tight from Warmasters fame, mm. Paul Bridge. I will have to mention him again because if I don't, he will crucify me. <laughs> Hello, um, Paul. They are they are all brilliant, brilliant players. Oh, they, they actually are, yeah. they use the Saffron events to kind of test lists that they want yes. to take to wider events, yeah, yeah. and because they know their first couple of games will probably be not quite as as cutting edge as they would uh, they'd experience at the UKTC stuff. But actually, by the time they get to the business end of the tournament, they yeah. are playing each other effectively, so they are yeah. playing really, really top players. Yeah, so yeah. we've got a good balance of all really so uh, yeah. yeah it's been That's really exciting no really really cool I, I because obviously we're going to be talking about events and and first events specifically tonight but actually before we get into that i guess you've, you've now you've now sort of organized and run a few events and i'm curious what what are the the major lessons you've learned along this path so far in terms of how to sort of cultivate and run a successful event what do you think your your key let sort of learning experiences have been yeah, so I think if if I look at it from a from an inclusivity perspective or from a welcoming perspective, yeah, um, I think that that's something that I've always been very keen to put front and center. So it mm-hmm. goes in the event packs. It's one of the top pages of the event packs. Is is what we're trying to do around inclusivity. The players in advance of the events will be sent code of conduct that I will expect all of them to sign up to and mm-hmm. and and play in the spirit of. Um, and then obviously it goes in the briefing and, and all the upfront stuff as well when, when we actually get to the event. So that kind of it from, from my perspective, something that I've learned is that if I push that and, and, and I try and be as vocal about that as I can, players tend to then follow. I think yeah. people actively want that, which is really yeah. amazing. Um, 
I think any tournament organizer will tell you the amount of time it takes to put an event on is something that I had not appreciated. Um, yes. I knew, I'd spoken to people before I decided I was going to do it, and they said, just be prepared that it's going to consume your life for sort of weeks before an event and then probably the few days afterwards as well. And that is that is 100% true. It's a, it's a huge amount of work, not just in the setup and, and the teardown work. It is, it's genuinely there's a lot of communication that needs to go in and, and a, lot of, a lot of work that goes around it. So it's not something to take on lightly if people are thinking about doing it. But <laughs> it's so rewarding watching... Uh, yeah. Watching even even my smaller events where you've got sort of twenty twenty five people watching them have a have a fantastic weekend and, and make new friends and, and all that sort of side of it is just yeah. so rewarding as a, as an organizer. So yeah, um, that's been really great to see. Yeah, it's a, you know like it's a community that you're you're in part the architect of. So I think there's there's so much to be said for that. Yeah, it it it, it does show as you say that that work and that effort and that communication and as say if if you can build a sense of that there is something bigger than everyone turning up and playing their games. And that you, and that there are values and, and something you're really keen to create. I think it, it makes for a wonderful event, and so the ones that have always stayed with me have really have really worked hard to do that. So no, that's great. I'm very excited to sample it for myself this year. That'll be really fun. No, definitely would, be more than welcome. Um, sorry, I'd, um, I would add. I think one thing that I really liked is you kind of is you as an individual feel valued. So as we yeah. walk into these massive events, and you are just this mere piece in, uh, you know, three hundred people, a, a little bitty fish. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> and I've also been to smaller events where you're still just someone who's like gone along. But one thing, it feels like Lewis goes out of his way, and the team there, and that, it just feels like you know, you're you yourself. They want to get to know you. They want mm. to talk to you. You feel like, oh, thanks for coming. You know, it feels like you're being welcomed and you're a big deal for coming to their event and mm. you know we all like to be made a bit of a big deal out of <laughs> so, yeah we do that goes to like everyone we wouldn't be doing you know, this otherwise well, i think yeah. <laughs> um, it, it applies to everyone i think everyone yeah, feels like they're important at the event um which i think is like quite quite a nice thing yeah it's, yeah it's, and, it's, and i'll be interested to see when we get up to gt size obviously it's a bigger hall more people I, I, it's going to be a lot of hard work, but I really want to try and maintain that even yeah. at GT level um, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it can be done. I think you can do it. I think well, maybe by the time you're at 200, 500,000 players, probably you are going to be a bit of a number. <laughs> but that's, that's yeah. a different kind of experience, isn't it? It's an amazing it experience yeah. in and of itself to go to an events of those size. But I think if I can do it with 50 people and we can, the team obviously including you guys this time and uh, and uh, and my guys that hopefully we can uh, we can keep that feeling even though it's yeah. bigger um, i think i think you can i fully believe you can the, the one i always think to on that scale is is hellstorm which was one of the first sort of gts i went to and, and there's mikey's always done a very good job at cultivating a real yeah. a real culture around that and making everyone feel welcome and again catering to all those different levels i think that's that's the really important thing and, and building that sense of it so I, I fully believe that if you've if, if you've mastered the craft at the smaller scale you'll be fine stepping yeah. up a level that mikey yeah, has think, a, that amazing venue doesn't he where oh he, it does um, yes it's like the, it's the old converted church isn't it absolutely yes. incredible yeah that was that freezing, was the, that was was the venue when i first went yeah it was absolutely freezing i remember mark cromwell <laughs> was wearing his dressing gown it was uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's an image none of us need but it, yeah, uh, and it was like a pulpit as well. So Mikey gave his sort of intro speech from the pulpit, and there's actually that sisters models come out that looks just like him. The, 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 I can't remember what. The sis, sis, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> honestly I want to model a little Mikey Herbie in that thing, <laughs> doing his preamble because yeah, no, absolutely. I will look for. I say I've seen the photos of the building for the next one, and it looks stunning. So I, th- I think you should be able to get get a real vibe going in there. That'd be awesome. Okay, well. We're going to stay on the theme of events tonight, but we are going to wind the clocks back further 
back for some of us than than for others and and think about first events and debuts on the on the tournament circuit in 40k and things we wish we'd known things we would now suggest advice guys we had some questions in the discord this week about sort of first events we've got some some players sort of trekking out to their first event soon and we wish them all lots of luck um but we wanted to offer some thoughts and tips and experiences on that um, so I'm going to I'm going to hand over to you guys first to sort of recount some some first event experiences and see what sorts of things you remember, and then we'll start thinking about the sort of the mechanics and the, what what you might want to think about going into events as as a newcomer today as well. Who wants to kick us off? Go on, Aaron. Go on, Aaron. Oh yeah, because Aaron's was like yesterday anyway. <laughs> <laughs> remember? Yes, yes, yes. It was many moons ago. I used to go to the tournaments for uh, fantasy battle, but um, yeah. <laughs> I only got back into the hobby uh, last year and into forty yeah. k. So my first tournament was actually, according to BCP, my first competitive one was the Leeds GT um, oh, okay. in August, and I just sort of took the approach of I played some people at the local clubs and I'd sort of uh starting to get the hang of it and I just thought what better than just to throw yourself off at the deep end go and actually go to a full-blown event um five rounds uh obviously several hundred people I think there were there and just see how it goes Mm. um it was a brilliant event I just booked it up by myself um went out there on my Todd um but then luckily I actually met Davey I think I played a game against Davy a couple of weeks before going up there. So then I actually met up with him while I was there. So it was quite nice. I actually ended up meeting someone mm. and having not just being there, uh, wandering around lonely, mm. um, which is, to be honest, one of the good things about the hobby and what it sounds like Lewis oh, totally. sort of cultivating is that you find as you get older, it can be quite difficult to get uh, <laughs> meet new friends and stuff like that. Yeah, That's yeah. the experiences. And most of my friends now in the UK since moving back here have all come out of the hobby. Um, but yeah, so went up there five rounds. Um, I went one four. It was a very harsh reality. Um, <laughs> they were fun. Um, and uh, I don't know how much we want to go into it because I see you said about things you wish you knew before. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to it, but feel free to drop a couple of things down if you want to like. Um, no, I just think like, yeah, it's like, it's just do go, go with what you want to go with. Like, um, and that's what I'd done. I took like an aesthetically pleasing Tau army for me at the time. Um, and I think, yeah, don't be uh, scared to throw yourself off the deep end and go and do this. 99% of people, 99.9% of people you're going to meet at these tournaments are lovely. Mm, and okay. um, it's just a great way to get into it. Um, I had an absolute blast. And then straight away after that, I went to the, what is it, the Hemelhammer GT, then the Hertfordshire GT, then the Twisted GT, then the Leicester Super Major. I've never stopped since. Yeah. I just sort of got the bug. Got the bug and went into overdrive on it. But yeah, it was, mm. um, yeah, it's a great experience. And I'm just still really riding that high train and really enjoying it. Mm. Amazing. Very nice. Right. Who's up next? Um, okay. Right. <laughs> Chris is stepping up. My first event was the 9th of September, 2018. So five years ago, um, day before my birthday. And it <laughs> was um, a Twisted Dice event. It was Twisted Fates. So Lee and I had been playing quite a bit. Um, I was just getting into the hobby. I, pro- I think I got into the hobby in the January of that year. So I guess I've been playing about nine months. And um, 
yeah, we thought we'd go to a, an event and Twisted Dice was Lee's local club. So we went to Twisted Fates, which is a 24-person RTT. And I took Custodes. Um, and what a glorious Custodes night this, uh, list this is. It's an outrider detachment of four bikes, four yeah. bikes, three <laughs> bikes. <laughs> then, and you're going to be really proud of me here, Lewis, a super heavy auxiliary detachment with a knight gallant. Oh, so close. Almost a valiant. <laughs> and then it was a Talon Astra Militarum Battalion with a company commander, infantry squad, infantry squad, infantry squad, three yeah. mortars, three mortars. <sighs> Boom. You should be ashamed wow. of yourself. Oh. Imperium <laughs> soup. Wow. Well, it's only 1750 points, apparently. So, and my there first, were some 1750 yeah, events back then, right? Yeah, yeah. And my first ever competitive game was against Mr. John Scrivens. <gasps> um, um, with his orcs. Um, and yeah, I went 2 1. I remember my final game was against Nurgle Demons, and he just had like all the plague bearers. And it was. Which was the fashion at the time. It was the, and he just went. <clears throat> in my face and I just stood there and I remember there was this I was on my deployment line basically just prodding them and very very slowly getting my way through and just lost the game it was ITC used to get like hold more kill more those sorts of things um but no really good fun and I think like going in we all have those comfort aspects don't we if we play the people we know and Mm. you know the fact you're going to go and play this completely different person like what if they play the game in a different way? Like that was that was my main concern. Is like, what if they have interpreted rules in different ways, or mm. um, what happens if you know they aren't a particularly nice person? Because you hear about, as I said, you hear about the tournament players who all mean, and obviously that's just not the reality. Ninety nine point nine percent, not even the slightest bit. Yeah, for a good time, and you, you'll come to as long as you know the rules, you know enough. And if you don't, people are more than helpful to, or more than happy to, kind of like help you out and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I had a lot of unfounded worries, and you know they put on a really nice event, so that was that was um, good to kind of go along to. And yeah, it was, um, it's been uphill a struggle ever since. <laughs> uh, as we were saying, like just looking down this, there's so many people who still play the game. Yes. Um, on our lists, like um, with completely different armies. Yeah. I did yeah. better than Lee in this tournament. Lee. Yeah. Getting the bin. Lee. You out there. Lee only came yeah. 14th. I well, came. We, we all know Lee Jones is a terrible player. Yeah. <laughs> Scrivo, you came 18th. <laughs> um, you did win your final game with Scrivo. Well done. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's it. Ken Chambers Yeah, Ken Chambers is on the Ken one Chambers I'm looking on at. Death Watch. He came ninth. Mikey Herbert of Hellstorm War. Oh, he was yeah. Hailstorm War Gaming here. Ah. On, on the Raven Guard. He came 12th. So, oh dear. And Lawrence Elliott won with Yanari. There we are. There you go. Past on the past. Where did yes. you come, Chris? I came sixth. That's, That's pretty good. I think I came sixth at my first one as well. So snap. That's great. It's similar. I came 186, I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's a six in it. <laughs> Lewis, how about yourself, man? So I was trying to think about this, talking about this before the show, that um, my, I think, I don't know if it was my first tournament, but 
my first set of ever events that I used to go to the predated smartphones because they were early 2000s. So um, no BCP records exist of my surely abysmal performances, which is probably a good thing. (laughs) But the first one that I remember was at the Games Workshop store in Colchester. Mm. Um, It was a little 500-point tournament. And it was back in the days of either third or fourth edition, where if something was toughness eight, it could not be hurt by strength four weapons. Right. Which basically meant that Space Marines couldn't hurt things like Eldar Wraith Lords. Mm. Um, so my 500 point list consisted of a Zerman, the Phoenix Lord, and two Wraith Lords. Nice. <laughs> um, and it was again back in the day where you used to score your points at the end of the game. Um, <laughs> so it turned out if you ran models that couldn't get hurt um you just killed everything and then scored at the end of the game so it was great um so i remember doing quite well at that event not changed um, your style have you <laughs> <laughs> big smashy stuff tends it to likes, work yeah. every army i have it's, has big smashy it's a stuff glorious it. a glorious calling i think the big smashy monster yeah yeah <laughs> i probably hold myself back as a player sometimes by doing that but <laughs> I have the most fun so uh, yeah exactly exactly there's something satisfying about setting something on fire with a flamethrower that's bigger than their models. So, um, yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah my, I think my favourite list that I used to run at the end of Eighth Edition was Double Wraith Knight. People never saw that coming. <laughs> it, was, it was not a done thing at the time. Yeah, but then my first event was a lo- local RTT. It was Hemelhammer or whatever it used to be called. It was, I think, it was just the Eternal War missions. Maybe one mission was even Maelstrom. It might have been a mix of different things. It wasn't ITC or anything like that. And I had. Nurgle soup with Death Guard demon engines and some plague bearers. I can't remember. I think John had probably talked me out of running a great unclean one. I was running a great unclean one a lot at, at that time in my life because he was my favourite model that I had by some <laughs> distance, and I'd named him and everything else. And it was what did I you name him? Uh, Dolast is his name. Dolast. Dolast with a little apostrophe, so D O L A S T. He's, yes, it was very much because who's the other big great and clean one? Kugarth, isn't it? The um, the one that pops up in all the audiobooks. I think I was just cop- copying that basically. But no, I love him. He actually gets a run out in the battle report against Dave Murdoch's Grey Knights. Um, this that will come out at some point this week. And that does he, he have the mouth on his belly? That's the big. He question. does have the mouth on Good. his belly. That's the only way to do it. I'm not a coward. <laughs> I would never not have the tooth mouth. You've got to have the tooth mouth. Uh, he's got a big sword and a flail and a big old grin, and he's a happy boy. Um, yeah, and as I was say, I think I came sixth as well. I, got, I lost to Tyranids, and I beat Death Watch and uh, some other thing. I can't remember what the other thing I built was. Might have been Death Watch twice, actually. Maybe they were just in vogue at the time. I don't. Can't remember. Anyway, yeah, great fun, really fun. Uh, lots of Leviathan Dreadnoughts and stuff was around back then, and it was it was a very fun event. I think John Skirins placed third at that event. Might have even been second. I think the Orcs book had just come out and it was he was having fun with shock attack guns. It was, mm. a good, it was a good time. So yeah, really, really lovely. And again, got the bug and just never, never looked back. But it is funny, isn't it? As I say, looking at the list, looking at some of these um, old BCP records as we were just doing, it's amazing. There's some players you see on there, and it's players who are, you know have, have have gone on to play at a phenomenal standard over the last sort of year or two some names on there there's a players like james mars and i can see cutting his teeth at some of the events i was at and it's who's like you know an unstoppable force these days so it's really interesting seeing how far people have come um since even you know even a couple of years ago great okay well let's let's talk pointers and tips and things we wish we'd known then for, for beginners looking to attend their first event what kind of things do you guys think is important to bear in mind 
I um, would kick off by saying, um, watch the video I did. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, good at self-promotion. <laughs> did uh, like a 40-minute video on this, guys, so go watch that. But, um, I would say the first thing you want to do is start off by obviously paying attention to the um, the, the pack, which the organisers put out. I know Lewis... Please read it. Please read it. <laughs> please read the event packs. I remember uh, messaging Lewis once, um, asking the question, he was like, if you ask me another question which is on already answered on the pack, I'm kicking you out of the event. So yeah, make sure you read the event pack. But I think especially important because it will help you. Um, it's, it's that peace of mind knowing, um, working out well ahead of time when you need to leave, all those. You don't want those extra issues of worrying about parking and um, what time to get there, etc. So just make sure you're prepared. But I think also just making sure you are fully up to date with what terrain you can expect because mm. that's going to probably impact a lot on your army choice um, and the missions you're playing as well and those sorts of things just to help. So can I just jump in on that, Chris? Yeah, just just to say, in regards to the event pack, I think if if the TO has put together a good event pack, it should, in theory, cover off anything that you might be particularly concerned about. So yeah. you mentioned parking, you mentioned timings. Some my event packs tend to have nice. like where you can get food in and things like that. Mm. So a lot of the logistical stuff, which I think can cause some anxiety in some people, I think if, if you read that, you might find that it actually kind of reassures you a little bit if yeah. if if the pack is good. So yeah. um, I, I would definitely echo that, Chris. And so that's a, that's a really good really good point for for yeah. anyone that's uh, looking to go to the first event. Definitely double check it. So for example, <laughs> we've got this team event coming up right now. Um, which is UKTC. And um, what I certainly was just going into it, assuming it was the same missions in the same order, and that had that in my head. And then it came up on, what was it, the weekend someone posted say, oh, it's all changed, and the order of the missions has changed. There's a mission I have never played on UKTC terrain before. And I was suddenly like, oh, no, I need to know what this looks like. So I put out the terrain and... I just had a go at moving the models and it's a completely different style of mission to all of the other ones we played. And just um, having that opportunity just to do that will help you. I mean, when it comes to that first game and you are nervous and that sort of thing, it's, it's obviously much easier on UKTC events. Um, but just having some idea of the sorts of things you can do, um, the more you are prepared, the less you're going to worry. Yeah. I guess. That's my first point. Very nice. Anyone else want to add another one? Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> one that's quite poignant from my uh, first one at, uh, up at Leeds. Um, Armour of Contempt was obviously a thing back then. Um, I was playing Tau and I hadn't played against a single Power Armour army <laughs> any game before I'd been there. And I didn't think about taking Target Lock. <laughs> so... Basically, it means if I go into power armor armies in cover, I, I have no AP. And yeah. I played four power armor armies at the event. <laughs> so one four. Um, and yeah, just like take a step back from your local meta because it can be quite small, like depending where you are, and just probably just have a sort of a bit more of a holistic approach to your list to the first one you're going to. And then obviously, as you go to them, you'll start to naturally pick up on. Yeah. Um, what some more of the sort of competitive meta is. 
Yeah, that's something. That's something I was going to say because I think I think it's 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 an experience and an awareness that you probably, in the main, I think as a player, can only accrue by going. You have to go and you have to see what's out there, see all these different lists on all these different tables around you, and start getting a sense of what's out there and experiencing some of those builds in person. Right, I said it, I, you can be researched to an extent, but there's also, I think, a bit of advice I'd always give is. And I always give this to players and teammates of mine as well when they're sort of thinking and talking about where they want to get is that you can't fast track it, right? You have to you have to put those those goes round in. Um, you're not going to suddenly emerge at having a complete sense of what's going on. Actually, you're on you know with your first few events, you're at the beginning of a journey that would take a while, right? If, especially if your goal is to do well and place high and all these things, it is very very hard. Uh, to hit the ground running and come out the traps and be smashing everyone and impressing straight away. And the only couple of stories I can think of where players were doing that were, were slightly dodgy stories in the end and it all, t- it all turned out they were running before they could walk a little bit. Um, so it's it's about not being hard on yourself as well as you have those learning experiences, right? And you're going to have events like that where you're like, oh goodness, I was, I, was, I was recollecting to you guys before we came on, I just remember my Eldar tank list just getting battered to death by Imperial Fist for a whole event because the meta had just completely changed and tanks couldn't hack it anymore and they, you know, you needed to completely adapt what, how you were running and what you were doing. But sometimes you learn those lessons the hard way, right? Mm. Yeah, and I think I think for your first events as well, I think it's, it's a management of expectations is obviously yeah. important in that you, you probably say. aren't going to do that well. <laughs> and that's fine because, as you say, it's a learning experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually, when if, if you're worrying about it and you're thinking, oh, I don't know what the meta is, I don't know what I'm going to come up against, I think, from, from my opinion, I'd probably just say stop. And just don't worry about what what you're going to be going into because that's just not the level that you're probably going to be at to start with. So focus on what you you can control and what you can prepare for, which is which is your own army, which is your own models, your own secondaries uh, and your own rules. So I think take the time before the event to kind of learn your own stuff so that when you go into the event, you're kind of confident on how your army works. I know how far my space marines move and I know how I can get out of my rhinos and all that sort of stuff. um, Actually, uh, playing a load of games might make you realize you weren't 100% confident on. So I think I think learning Definitely. that will save you a load of stress when you first get to the table and trying to work out what you do next. Definitely. Um, and I think that will that will make you feel a little bit less stressed and a little bit calmer once you do get to the table and, and, and get Completely. going. Um, and, and having that confidence with your rules, even if you, you bring it in on flashcards or things like that, you write down the key yeah. rules or your key secondaries that you need to remember and you write it down as if you're preparing for an exam or something and yeah, just yeah, yeah, have, yeah. have a couple of notes written down that you can have a put. Like when, I'm, when I'm running my nights, I still do it now because knights can have so many different buffs. I have little cards that go with all of my knights so that I know which knight has which buff, which one's got the minus one damage on it, which one has got plus one to wound, which one has got the extra range, and all that sort of stuff that I just won't remember because I'm incompetent. Um, (laughs) And I have no excuse, but as a new player, you've got got a real real focus on your own rules, I think, will go you a long way. No, rather than worrying about what else that, is that's, doing. that's the first thing right and as you say you can worry about the rest in the future and that, that i think that you know we talk about the meta all the time but as you say the meta as it exists in the minds of those competing at top tables or whatever else has very limited impact on what you're going to experience um at an event especially in, in you know in your early early days of playing right you're not going to suddenly be 
rubbing up against the sort of the top list straight away and if you are it's it's not going to matter too much how, how what, what you know about them anyway you've still got to get all the basics of how you play down yeah and i think um, potentially if, if if you don't know if you haven't been to an event and you're listening to this thinking what you need to do with first event the pairings process you just might not know and yeah. i don't know it's worth us just kind of just say that your first in 99 percent tournaments probably every tournament i've been to your first round pairing is going to be completely random so you're going to play someone completely random in the event so you might get yeah. someone really good you be, might get someone who's yeah. it could be anything it could be anything from from the best player in the world to uh, to one of the worst and, and you're just not going to know that <laughs> but you, you walk no. into it and that's that's what it is after that the pairings get done by your number of wins and and number of points or things like that so if you've lost your first game you're probably going to then play someone else who's lost their first game so as you filter your way through the event and find your level you'll end up by sort of game three game four you'll be playing people that are probably on a similar level to you they'll have lost all three of their games or they've lost one 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 and and things like that So so it'll filter itself the event will filter itself, especially at a smaller event. Obviously, bigger events, you can have a bit of weird anomalies. But yeah. at smaller events, you'll definitely got to start getting filtered by uh, by kind of skill level. So you, yeah. you'll end up playing people of similar skills. So, yeah. It's a hugely important thing to remember, actually, and I think because I think it, sometimes in those very early rounds, you can get the biggest sort of disparities and you can, you can have a game where it's easy to be quite demoralized, right? You hit something really strong or you hit something really new, fresh out the gate. You're not equipped to deal with it. That feels really bad. But it is the, those very best games are the ones at the end, right? Those those last couple of rounds where you're playing into people who are really well matched for you a lot of the time, they're they're amazing games, and yeah. you, you know you have a really fun time with that, um, and they're well worth persisting for. And so it, it does, as you say, it gets better. You know, the, the, in terms of in terms of the matchup and the experience that you have, the games get closer and closer to sort of a level that where that's an equal footing as you go across the event. Um, so that's yeah, definitely worth bearing in mind, I think. Like to um, like reinforce Lewis's point about being prepared for your own rules. Yeah, oh yeah. I think um, that especially if you haven't played that much, you might go in thinking you know your rules, but you're not accounting for the fact you're going to be nervous. Um, <laughs> I've got a personal experience of when I took Thousand Sons to an event. Um, so I'd never played Thousand Sons before. Um, did a YouTube vote, it got voted on. I would take Thousand Sons to an event. I was like, Oh, I've played Lee loads of times, I know how to run this army. I spent the week before, you know, making my list and like, right, this model's got this power. And in my mind, I was running through the checklist. I was like, Right, okay, so these need to go here. I got to that first game, and it was like I'd never played Warhammer before. I just <laughs> fell apart. I played Alex Chancellor, um, and he's like, very good player, using his orcs. And I, I got first turn, and I kind of moved forward, and I was like, oh, I don't mean to cast any powers. Right, you're going. <laughs> and he kind of looked at me, he was like, you've got, like, invulnerable powers. Minus one to hit, four up in, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I my army just out in the open, forgetting that these trees weren't actually line of sight block- blocking. And basically, for the next hour, Alex proceeded to talk to me like I'd never played a game of Warhammer before. <laughs> and he teach me the basic rules of the game. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he, he will do that, to be fair. I, like, I, I love Alex chance of it. He will do that. We spoke about it recently. And he was like, yeah, I thought he'd never played played a game before basically <laughs> so the moral of that story is that you may think you're ready but until you have a lot of reps with an army i mean you know i've played the game for a long time now um and this was my first tournament of this army my first games of this army and it was it was a shit show yeah, yeah so you you really don't worry 
about your opponent. Absolutely. And that target setting thing, I think, is so important. You know, you go to that event, like, oh, I want to go get, go two three. Maybe I'll go three two. Like, fuck that. What you want to be focusing on is playing by your rules really well. Give yourself targets um, in terms of how you're going to be playing. Um, it might be, oh, I'm going to try and make sure I deploy this buffing character near these units, and I'm going to try and keep them there every game. And that sounds really silly, but I can guarantee you, you will forget at some point and that character will be off screening the backfield and doing nothing when actually you should be up by those dreadnoughts, giving them all the reruns or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, give yourself that. And that could be your cheat sheet. I remember the first time I took GSC to a tournament um, <laughs> and I literally had drawn out all of the things that, because obviously you're just putting down blips and when you've never really we haven't done that much it's like oh what blip was going to be there i don't know like you had a plan at the time and then they went and did their movement phase and you can't remember it so i had it i had it drawn out i just had the things that i needed to keep near each other just as a basic value and just use it as a learning experience i use every tournament as just an opportunity to do better at the next one just how what can i improve upon in this um this event in terms of how my scoring has been going, how I'm using certain models. So we've got this team event and I am only focusing on trying to maximize the use of mirror architect because that's a brand new piece of tech and I want to try and maximize that use. So I'm going to, in each time I deploy my shadows here, each time I move my boats, I'm going to be thinking, right, what's their threat range? And that's an advantage, right? Because now I'm actually thinking high level play of right, how can I stay out of their threat ranges and manipulate their threat ranges? And that will have a positive knock-on effect yeah. in my game. Um, so it's just like those sorts of things. Don't give yourself a load of targets. Give yourself one or two for the whole event um, just to yeah. try and stick to. And it's, it is not nice. a race. It is, you know, it's this long, super long journey. It, that's really the thing, isn't it? And you each each time, each event, you learn a little bit, you get a little bit better, and eventually mm. you'll be at the stage where you can really push on. But that just doesn't happen early doors. Just no, doesn't. it doesn't. No. I think you raised uh, an important point at the start of what you said there, Chris, um, when you mentioned that Alex thought you were new and was therefore <laughs> trying to kind of guide you through the game. I think you'll find that if players other players that you that you come against think that you are new or think that you haven't got that much experience they will try and help you um, and you'll find your opponent trying to help you try to beat them um, and and that's one thing one thing I, I try and encourage at my events is for new players to kind of be open about the fact that they're new yeah, and they're not 100% yeah. sure or they're a little bit nervous or anything like that and 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 tell that to their opponents and and then I say to to the more experienced players if someone says that to you you're probably going to beat them if you're an experienced player you will probably win that game so just help them through their secondaries make sure they pick secondaries yeah, that yeah, make yeah. sense or, or or help them set up and things like that oh, you and, assassinate I've got one character exactly. <laughs> simple things like that which which new players just might not know um and uh, actually I think you'll find that um most players will help you and they will yeah. guide oh, yeah. you through um, and you'll have a much better experience for it being from guided along and actually for the person that's uh, that is more experienced you'll probably enjoy that game a bit more as well because you'll, you'll feel like you've you've taught someone something and, and, and they've improved as a player as a result yeah. um, and, and I'd extend that to TOs as well um, mm. for me as a TO it's so much better if a new player messages me in advance and makes it clear yeah. I'm new I'm not 100% I'm a bit nervous or a bit stressed out or a bit anxious um, I've never been to an event before, or I've never been to one of this size, or anything like that. Um, and 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 that gives me 
a little bit of a heads up. So I can say, okay, when that player walks through the door, make extra effort to go over to them and make sure they're okay. Mm. And then check up on them throughout the event as well. So if I don't know you're new, I can't do that. And, and obviously we touched on it before. I try and do that with every player anyway. But yeah. if, if I know someone's new or a little bit a little bit less confident, I can try and kind of give them that little bit of reassurance through the weekend to make oh, sure Chris. they're enjoying it. Yeah, or Chris. Yeah. Or Chris, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. It, it, it's, it's, it makes a big difference. And as you say, an experience where both people are aware of that and working together is, is much more positive for everyone involved, isn't it? And I think in yeah. those games, you as the new player, you can learn a lot, right? Because you're yeah. going to see an army played really well. You're going to see it utilized in the way it's designed. And there's loads of lessons in that for you. And I think that's one of the things that you really need to get good at. If, you, if, you're, if you're in this, sorry, obviously we come at this from a very developmental angle because that's what we like to do. But obviously you, you don't have to learn anything. That's something I would also say is if you want to go to events, crash around, see what happens, come back, do it again the next time, go nuts. You could, there's plenty of people who want to do that. That's totally valid as well. But if you're, in, if you're interested in sort of improving and trying to sort of set higher goals for yourself in the future, then once you've got a lock on your own rules, the next step is, well, what are other players doing? How do other people use their armies? And what am I learning about the game by watching and observing those as well? And as, as, as we've discussed, sometimes that takes a while till you have the headspace to focus on. But it's something, it's something you can always get out of games, even difficult ones, is learning something about an opposing army and what it does and, and getting advice from players. 40k players like to talk. So if you ask them, they will, they will give you all their secrets. Really? Especially, really? especially, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Especially the top, after I think the game. Well, like, the, the bottom line on this all is it's essentially a, a social contract, a, yeah. a gentle person's agreement between yeah, two yeah, people yeah. to play a game that they both enjoy and have fun. Yeah. Like if, if you turn up and you're totally green and you aren't open about it, like uh, Lewis said, then you might get beaten really badly and you won't enjoy it. And the person doing it's not going to enjoy it either. If no, they're no, like, no. they can see you're not enjoying it. And like, if you just open and help each other, like the community is welcoming and they want you to come back because they want Completely. to play you again. They want the, the tournament scene to grow, etc. And I think, yeah, it's just coming in with a an open mind to it and just, have that conversation with your opponent at the start. Make sure you are on the same footing for the game to start so that you don't feel bad at the end and they don't feel bad. Massively, yeah, absolutely. I think the um, the the coming back is important as well because that's another thing I'd say is it's a small but very intense community is 40K. Mm. So you will meet the people you meet again. You will see them again. You will bump into them. You will play them again. You will be at events at them again. And that means two things. It means that it is really, really worth spending the time to actually get to know and chat to the person you're playing, right? As a person beyond just whoever you're playing the game with in that moment in time, because they are a human being you can make friends with. And as you know, as we were saying earlier on, it's not easy to do that in a, in a modern world when you're busy all the time and it's not clear where your sort of social spheres are, which is the world we live in now. And this is, this, as I said, we've all made so many great mates in, in recent years through this, and it's a wonderful way of doing that. And that, again, that bedrock of people you know building up is a really nice way of getting yourself feeling more com- comfortable and familiar in different environments. I always find, you know, playing locally where I know everybody, I'm feeling very confident, very relaxed because I know tons of people, and that's really nice. But you're only going to build that up by putting yourself out there and being friendly, um, and it's well worth doing. 
Yeah, you do have to be a little bit careful, though, because uh, sometimes <laughs> you, you might encounter someone like Chris. Um, <laughs> that could really put put a person off, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, is always, there is always the risk that you bump into, <laughs> bump into one of 6++, plus plus because we're, we're a bunch of reprobates. You've got to watch out. Power got, gamers. Oh, terrible people. <laughs> terrible people. With the uh, the Moz Eisley of 40k, we are. Um, you've got to got to watch out for us. Yeah. On, on a serious note, though, I think the uh, the the stories that you will have heard about challenging individuals at yeah, events, yeah. I think the reason you've heard about them is because they get blown out of all sort of proportion everything and like, they does. get focused everything on. Yeah, Do you yeah, think yeah, yeah. the amount of 40k games that go on every single weekend at all these events? There's tens of thousands of games every weekend, and you probably hear one every six oh, months. Just, that it's becomes so a bit rare. of a disaster. So so, so rare. rare. So don't worry that you're going to encounter people that are like that and because it just so happens so rarely and, and, and it hopefully shouldn't let it ruin any event as a result so no, not um, at all. yeah I, th- I think your lived experience is so much more important than like reddit or or discord yeah. for these things right you know as, as useful as those things are as tools they don't shine a sort of a balanced light back <laughs> on the on the world and at the world and you you really want to go 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 to these things and see it with your own eyes and as, as you say just they are much much easier and, and much more straightforward uh, than it can sometimes feel like they are i suppose if you are unlucky enough to get that one in several thousand shot and it's being a very unpleasant experience don't be afraid to go to the to oh yeah absolutely it shouldn't be on yeah. you to be abused in that if you if the no, yeah, etc like there's a way out of it you're not on your own people around you playing the game as well will support you yeah, very much so. Yeah, so and that's that's where you know the people running the event are on hand and and will can and will help you out, and that's that's really important. But they can't help you if they don't know that you've had a problem. So it is, it is important to flag that up. Um, I had one common sense thing that it would seem straightforward, but actually took me the best part of a year to figure out, and that's just storage and stuff. If you just have a good storage for your army, it took you quite a while. Didn't it, it took me a long time. Yeah. I was I, especially when I started playing this, I was still just out of PhD and I had no money, and I was like, I've just spent all this money on plastic toys. I don't want to spend money on like cases and yep. boxes and everything else. But it saves you so much time and makes your headspace so much easier to manage. If you just have three little really useful boxes, bungle your soldiers in it, dice tray, tape measure, whatever, put it in a backpack. I've now got a backpack that's just for 40k stuff, so just books, whatever else, I'm just take that around. And that just makes all of the admin of getting around the event much, much, much easier. Um, so it's well worth investing in the basics of, have, of getting your army around um, and having some nice straightforward storage stuff like magnetizing bases can be really nice just to help your stuff travel and you don't have to worry about anything sliding around or breaking getting mixed up or and also up. put your stuff away when it dies is <laughs> something it took me about a year and a half to learn because well. <laughs> then you don't have to do it at the end if when a unit gets wiped out just pop it back in its box doing all the work for yourself <laughs> I, had, um, like, I know the first tournament i ever went to um, I didn't think that I'd have to about the transporting the models between rounds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, I've got to put all my custody bikes away and then unpack it all next turn. That's like really annoying. And mm. I just borrowed this massive tray lid. We then got to the infamous time when I took 35 units in the GSC army. And I had these <laughs> two giant, like, turkey basting tins like it's yeah just think about that like how are you going to transport your army quickly so i have just a standard big c3 box with my harlequins in and it's got a lid so all my harlequins go in there they're all magnetized i have got all my bikes on their stands 
then I just plop them on top and I can just carry that around. Um, now that sort of thing, you know, make sure you've got lots of water, make sure you've got snacks, yeah. wear comfortable shoes, because try as you might, you will plan on trying to sit down as much as possible, but you won't. You will keep getting distracted and you'll keep dancing around and walking and then suddenly you're on game three, your feet are really, really heavy and you're wishing you hadn't worn the really smart loafers that Tom likes to wear. Um, <laughs> I don't anymore. I'm on, tra- I'm on trainers for events now. I dress too sharp at my early event. <laughs> I remember, like, second event, I was like, Tom, what are you wearing? You're yeah, like, my, le- my, legs, my legs just collapsed after a couple, shoes, couple, yeah. couple of days of that. You're like, no, no chance. <laughs> no, so just like those little things. Wear comfortable clothes. Yeah. Um, it's Wear, this is going to sound silly, but wear like a t-shirt and a jumper because you have no idea how hot it's going to be. I've played in places where I've been a woolly hat, coat like freezing cold and i've been in places where you've got people dripping with sweat it's so hot uh, so if, especially if it's a two-day event maybe bring shorts with you because maybe it'll turn out to be the venue will be really really warm um so yeah it's just like those little things just to think about which you yeah. wouldn't really um but yeah especially water bottles snacks make sure you know what the lunch situation is yeah and know how to transport your army between tables I'd yeah, say. very much so or to the car eh Tom or to the car <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I nearly stacked it into some water with my entire army <laughs> no, no it was so funny where, 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 I warned you didn't I I was like yeah, I, 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 I saw a trip hazard I was like watch out guys and I Chris, fell straight over it <laughs> there's a pond here which you could fall in and then literally three seconds later I heard this <laughs> almost I'm ended just, in the pond just such an inept human being in so you many ways clumsy, I'm just yeah. clumsy as hell but there we are this is Lord of Change well, oh shut up about the Lord of Change <laughs> we, need to, we need to find that footage um, all that can yeah outrageous alright okay was there anything else I think we covered a lot of good ground there um, I think again yeah. to re- to reiterate that it's it's a social experience, right? And and you can you can always have a social experience at an event, and that that above all other all other things is is there and ready for you, no matter how your games go, how, no matter how how you, how well you play or what you happen to run into, and you can always make some friends and have a great time. And I think that's it's well worth remembering that. And again, remembering as we've said, you're at the start of in theory a long journey, right? I was listening to Vic VJ on some podcast earlier on today, and he you know, he's been playing six years, and he you know he feels he's only really properly properly come to fruition in the last few years of that and it's it's a long journey even to you know to be at the top of this game if that's something you'd like to be or not um and it's yeah well worth taking your time with as well yeah and i think you probably hear you'll hear obviously you guys talk about it a lot and, and a lot of people with with platforms talk about it the big the big events in the uk the uktc ones um huge great big events they are amazing they are brilliant they're fantastic experiences but maybe for your first experience and this is just me trying to sell saffron slam ticket yeah. <laughs> um, although if you would like a great event that uh, a beginner would more than welcome at you are obviously obliged to buy a ticket um, no yeah. but you <laughs> look at your local local events they'll be smaller um, they'll be a little bit less, a little bit less intense. Going into Absolutely. a hall that's got a thousand gamers in it is an intense experience. Absolutely. It's fantastic, it's brilliant, and you'll have the absolutely best time. But maybe for your first one, it's consider a, a little, little one dayer or just I'd a smaller event. Definitely an RTT to start RTT's off with. Absolutely, sure. one dayer is definitely the way to begin with. And then what you'll do is you'll book a GT as soon as you get home. Yep. I guarantee it. Yeah, you'll come home. That's, 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 right, that's, that's how that works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then that's. But just to dip your toe and get you get familiar with it. Absolutely. 
Although, having said that, I played at an event um, <laughs> and my opponent, his, he, this was his second event and his first event was the LVO. <laughs> that's impressive. Like, what a hero. That's, um, that's just mental. financial commitment as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> just casually dropping thousands of pounds on it. Wow. Beautiful. <laughs> Great. All right. Well, I think we can probably wrap up with a couple of listener questions. There are so many listener questions. Yeah, that's because I keep asking. I always forget they yeah, put a load in and then I ask them for more. And they don't let us down. That's you better ask my shock attack gun question. All right, here we go. That, that was that was very good, Lewis. So let's find it. Right, that one that one set them off, didn't it? As well. <laughs> they they all went crazy in there. Yeah. We've yeah. developed a slightly mad Discord in the last couple of weeks. So well done, everyone on Discord. I apologise for my part. It's partner. got that nice, slightly insane feeling that a Discord should now have. Um, so your question, Lewis, was if one of the six plus plus team had to be launched. Through a shock attack gun portal, who would you nominate and why? Davy. Davy. <laughs> he's basically easy? a giant snotlin. <laughs> <laughs> he's just so mischievous. He's like always running around and stuff. He's exactly what I'd expect to get hoovered up. <laughs> yeah. oh, I forgot it has the hoover on it. That's great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think would be least affected by going through a warp portal? Who would come out the other end, the same person they were when they went in? I don't think anything, nice, would, I don't think anything would ever would change Paul. I think Paul is completely yeah, Paul completely like... resilient to any <laughs> and everything. He'd is. just say wounds on fours as he goes through it. And it's, <laughs> like 50% of the time, it's not even going to touch him. And I, I, He's just got one of those mentalities where he's just so solid and level. Like, I, don't think, I don't think anything's phasing him. Just <laughs> come out the other end and punch whatever the target is in the face. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. <laughs> Hit it with his mace of absolution or whatever stupid <laughs> weapon they've got. These <laughs> it's a very good question. What else did we have? We had um, uh, oh, who's going to come out on top? Dark Angels or Iron Hands? Dark Angels. Dark Angels. Dark Dark Angels. Angels the 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 one that actually have some good ninth rules to lean on. Um, of the two, that's the killer thing. Um. The Iron Hands do miss... They, they haven't quite got the manoeuvrability that the Dark Angels have got, have they? Yeah. So I, I'm not 100% convinced on their uh, Completely. primary. Yeah. And can they, 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 can they get enough of it quickly enough? They're a super... They are peak late 8th rules writing, where it was just efficiencies taken to their like, logical conclusion, right? Make everything do everything super, super well. And then obviously all ninth rules writing is about stripping those efficiencies away. So I just think sometimes they hit matchups where they don't get the re-rolls, they miss 50% of the shots, stuff gets the jump on them out of reserves, all sorts of things that ninth books can do where and someone, someone told me off for describing Iron Hands as honest, but they are an honest book. It's a very honest book. It was a great big sales pitch by just making Marines shoot real good. Yeah. And actually, ninth books, have their sales pitch has been, oh, that thing you do, you don't do it anymore. That's been that's been how a lot of rules writing has worked. And I just think Dark Angels have that. We all know they have that. <laughs> they have a great big wall of, you don't do the thing you want to do. Um, but Iron Hands aren't necessarily kitted out. Um, as much as they do have free gear and punchiness, and they are definitely good, they they are going to fall down sometimes into these these more contemporary books and their their sneaky ways. I think. Yeah, controversial opinion. Given that they came out exactly the same time as the Iron Hands, would the meta now adjust to rolling back all of the changes and nerfs they put on the Imperial Fists book? 
Ooh. Could we have damage three heavy bolters? And no, I'm definitely not building imperial fists. Yeah, you're, the, Discord, the Discord knows. Discord knows that you're painting imperial fists. Well, someone told me there was a worse model than a knight valiant, and it was an imperial fist intercessor. So I'm now going to build an army of those instead. Heavy intercessor, sorry. No. So. It'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Would it? It would be the. It's the strength. It's yeah. It's the heavy bolter strength. All heavy weapons that plus one damage in devastator doctrine. <sighs> that would be really scary. To if be you're honest. looking at damage three heavy bolters, the heavy intercessors' weapons would be damage three for the mate, normal guys and damage four for the big guys, <laughs> but only one shot each. So yeah, and you're still paying twenty three points a model. So um, quite scary. I'm a bit. I'm a bit afraid of doing that. I think we be fine. I'm just I'm <laughs> building six, six Devastator Centurions that would absolutely love to have damage three heavy bolts. <laughs> a, good, a good unbiased advocate for Imperial misbalancing <laughs> there. I like it. That's good. My Crimson Fist could come back out. <laughs> I think we should um, shout out to Paul, by the way. Who, oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, talking of Dark Angels who went to an RTT with a few of the other guys. Everyone else went 2-1. and one. He went 3-0. and oh. He, in fact, went the ultimate 3-0 and oh with 300 points. Yeah, James Marsden did. Three, um, 300 scores. Beautiful he result. Wing, 50 Terminators. I'm sure his opponents all had a really fun game. <laughs> they tried to kill the Terminator. He was, he, was, he was a bit lonely in the WhatsApp after round one or two of his games when everyone had conceded and he had to find stuff to do. Yeah. The and then he played Iron Hand, Jamie East Iron Hands, and uh, they also didn't. But it's a fan, it's a fantastic result. He's been playing Dark Angels for a long time, putting well in the work. And he, he is well positioned to take advantage of it. Now I'm looking forward to making him have all the hard matchups at teams this weekend. It's going to be good. Yeah. Go on, go on the Paul. Bus. Sick him, Paul. Sick him. <laughs> um, Who's team uh, captain this weekend? Uh, Chris, I believe. Chris, yeah. you are going to be official team captain. Um, yeah, we've got two teams, so I'm. Oh, right, okay. We've got I'm three teams. Six plus, <laughs> well, I'm in charge of six plus plus Alfarius. Um, we've got Lee in charge of um, six plus plus Omegon, and then we've finally got Lee Churchwood, who's um, essentially Lee created his own team um, <laughs> by accident, by complete accident, and it's there for all to see on the app. It just says dropped six plus plus Captain Lee dropped so, <laughs> he, was just, he was just trying to put his team name or his list or something and he accidentally created a, a secessionist third third team so Classic gone show. rogue yeah. Yeah. gone but never forgotten six plus plus third team um yeah. right, i'll do one more and then we'll call it a day uh what else we got we had there were quite a few decent ones actually oh, so, yeah no okay, we've got a few more so we got if six plus plus were to run events what unique spin would you like to put on it well the first spin we'd put on it is I, I wouldn't run it uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i am not that's not my that's not my piece that's let's not, not I... just gloss over the fact chris just said strip <laughs> i've already got mark cromwell home in a dressing gown in my mind <laughs> and the idea I, I, I know mark hopefully he won't mind but the idea of him taking that gown off in front of everyone i think uh, uh, that's the stuff of nightmares that is high stakes that is high stakes. Also, how does that work? Is it like unit destroyed? You take something off, or yeah? Oh, I'm definitely running knights then. I've got three. Too much thought into this just yet. But, uh, <laughs> well, I think it's just destroyed. five rounds of uh, Dave versus uh, Stephen Box, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. yeah, <laughs> abs- it absolutely is. Yeah, absolutely, we'd all pay to watch that. Oh, 100%, <laughs> the game, game of the century. I would, um, in all seriousness, if I got involved and in eventually, like Lewis and I spoke, like big plans, like eventually a long way, is to really go down that like sports commentary proper. 
um, thing, like you know, Hellstorm do it a little bit with like the reporting and that sort of thing in the streaming, but go one step further, you know, have like really good um, packs for when plays come up, like little um, merchandise things, and then have like you know, I don't know, like a booklet where you come in and you can see a little bit, a little blurb about you and your army and that sort of thing, and just have it as that kind of like experience, that weekend experience where you're fully involved in it, um, and have it more of not not a festival, but you no, know, I agree. Like, have like agree. that loads of stuff just going on in like you know a really nice venue mm. and just that carnival atmosphere, lots of different things. You know the UKC see try to do it. They have that little book of getting there, and getting the there, fun shooting thing. But if you could go really all out, don't have big events, but you know yeah, imagine rocking up to a paid one. You know having a program um, where it's got like armies to look out for, players to look out for, and you're like oh that's me, you know, and like all those sorts of things. Um, I think that would be amazing, absolutely amazing, and yeah. I hope we can do something like that in Saffron Waldron. I think like... that's yeah, that feels like if, if yeah, if only you knew a team of people who would love to just come and <laughs> run around showing off at your nice event and, <laughs> and, 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 and add, add some pageantry. If we can, if we can track them down, we can make something happen. No, uh, definitely. Chris <laughs> says we have been discussing that, and I think yeah, yeah. Um, I think once once you obviously going through a lot of transition at the moment, lots of new people, lots of new mm. ideas and content and things like that. I think once things have have calmed down a bit, your end. And, and I think it's definitely uh, we're super keen, it should yeah. be a fantastic idea I think that the quality of event you could put on with that you could, you could really make it a destination event um, yeah. from doing that which people would absolutely want to go to I mean you, you look at some of the events that do that currently elsewhere you look at um, uh, No Retreat in Gibraltar yeah, yeah, yeah. then Battle Reports put on and like uh, I've been very fortunate to go to a couple of those um, and they are events where the idea of you feeling special as an individual just take taken to a new level i'm obviously trying to do that at a smaller scale here but i think for that for the 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 guys they they pick you up from the airport you're all in the same hotel together all the built boards are really really great themed boards and you go out on little excursions during the day you go out into the caves in gibraltar and things like that and it's it's a proper like yeah yeah. experience weekend colchester that'd be an experience (laughs) i'll I'll take you all to the big maze in saffron world and i'll put you all in there and see how long it takes you to get out out start their chest clock (laughs) i think like that it'd be like the only thing I'd like to see slightly different, I guess, is like over three days and have less. So you've got the spare time because mm. not everyone is able to mm. get away with their friends as often as others. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. it's quite nice to be able to have the time to do like a social yeah, with your two, friends. Two, 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 couldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. So they're doing that in um, games. They're doing that the Gibraltar GT again this year. So I'm sticking with the SM Battle Reports theme, but they're running their Gibraltar GT, which I'm going to. That's just a ticketed event. There's like 100 players, I think. Um, so it wasn't. It's not quite as exclusive as No Retreat is, but they're doing exactly the same thing. They're doing two games a day for three days, yeah. which actually is giving nice us the pacing. morning. Yeah. to i think the first game starts at like one or something in the afternoon oh, yeah. so you've got the whole morning to kind of explore gibraltar so i'm yeah. taking a few mates up there yeah, who've never yeah. been and so there's loads of stuff i want to go and see and and obviously you've got time to go do little practice games if you want during the morning or, or meet with the guys and, and catch up with them so um, that'll be really really good or sleep yeah yeah definitely or a narrative event where you've got like kill team going on and it affects Oh dream, kill team affecting, mm. impacting on armies from another game turning up on the back of your board halfway through all that. Oh, yeah, you, can you can have so much fun with it. Yeah, yeah. be fun to indulge. Um, yeah, I just want to let your imagination run a bit with, isn't it? Um, okay, we then have 
Ultimate Funk, who says, what are your personal preferences, slow and durable or fast and fragile? Is this 40K or...? I, well, I, I assume he means 40K. Yeah, so we'll answer it in that spirit. I'll go fast and fragile. It's, it's fast and fragile is the answer, right? It's just it's just more yeah, fun. Unless you're Paul. Um, unless you're Paul. Or Jamie East with his death guard or Stuart. Yeah, it's I, I struggle with it. I I just like I just have I think it's the overactive imagination. I just like to look at board and be like, I could be over there, I could be over there. Yeah. I, really, I don't like this idea of well, I'm gonna be here and then in three turns I'll be over there. Speed is a lot of fun. Um and just, just delivery of all kinds I really enjoy. Can I as a night player go in the middle and say medium <laughs> speed, medium speed, medium durability, yeah. uh, but a lot of offense. <laughs> yeah, just lots and lots of guns. How about you, Aaron? Uh, yeah, it's probably fast and fragile. It's just like you say, I, I can't get possibly my head around slowly moving across the board. Like you said, I'd, I'd get distracted. Really hard. Mm. Like, it is actually hard. It's not. When I was using the custodies. I was like, "What? You mean I can't just go over there? I've got to plan my turns far in advance. This is not fun." Yeah, massively finding that with Imperial Fists. A couple of practice games in now, it's like, oh, because normally I can, I can make make up for my poor ability to deploy my armies properly by just moving 21 inches it's like ah heavy intercessor only moves five yeah, yeah, yeah. he's minus one to hit and if you want to advance him he's not shooting and it's like yeah. mm, actually i have invested best part of 300 points in this Some unit i could really concept. do with it shooting yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> actually it's 12 Weird. miles away from where it needs to be <laughs> yeah. um we've got one very quick question what the hell happened to csm um they though they got nerfed didn't they, Gilmaris? They got they got nerfed just as everything else around them got buffed. So they're going to be away for a little while now, I think, CSM. But do you think there's no be. play to them? Or do you think I people have just jumped off to an easier yeah. win? I think Empress Children has play. I think probably to some extent Black Legion has play. Um, anything with delivery and good shooting and melee can can play the game, can, mm. can definitely play the reserves game and Still has some really potent tools, but I just, I just think Night Lords, good. Night Lords, not so, not so hot, not so hot. Sadly, I love them. They are not nicked good. Player um, did really well at the Saffron Slam this weekend. He went three, he went three and two in the end, but he ended up playing both the top player and the second oh, nice. player and the third player um, over what the course of the weekend. Word bearers, loads oh, and loads of possessed. Fun. Yeah, that's Venom crawlers, warp mm-hmm. talons, and then three war dogs. With the chain cannon, super cool. Yeah, that's um, cool. Is. So, and he, he's a really good player, actually, really, really yeah. good player. Um, I do think, as I say, in terms of durability and delivery, it feels like lots and lots of demon kin buddying up round a master of possession, getting that invul and just staging the whole thing and going. Yeah, if that's probably the way. If you're not one of these slightly more techie. Uh, legions. I know if I actually had the time to paint thirty possessed for Night Lords, that's probably what I'd be doing. Yeah, um, for I did. Them. I did see some of his games where I was like, turn two, he was kind of still in the deployment zone, and then turn three, I'd look back sort of fifteen minutes later, <laughs> and they're just everywhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. just like in that's, the opponent's deployment be, zone. Right? Like, whoa, yeah. okay, <laughs> just turn go. around. Yeah, you've got to get, you've got to get right up there. <laughs> and then we've got. Uh, terrain across many events, uh, RTTs, GTs is variable. How might TOs be helped to ensure a more standardised terrain setup at their events? And then Jamie, our very own Jamie, has offered a part two, which is: Do you feel that more standardised terrain across tournaments is actually more or less healthy for the wider game? 
Can I come in as a TO? Yeah, I, I appreciate say, I'm talking a lot. No, take point. This is I've got no idea what I think. So you go. <laughs> I, in my opinion, I think as long as the terrain is communicated in advance of the event, you as a player can make a purchasing decision as to yeah. whether you want to engage that terrain or not. Yeah. Um, I personally, I love the UKTC sets. I think they make very balanced games. Um, but for me, after five games, I'm playing exactly the same layout over a weekend. I've had enough. Um, so from my perspective, I much prefer, this is just personal opinion. Obviously people have different yeah. opinions, but as I say, it comes back to communication in advance of the event. If you know you're going to an event and it's got themed terrain that is of different, different on each board, then I think you can make a decision as whether you like that or not. Yeah. I don't think one is inherently better or worse than the other. I think they yeah. give different experiences. Um, I think you can have more immersive experience on themed boards. Oh, um, it can feel like so. Some of my some of my boards are set up as like there's like a um, big fortress thing. So one one player is going to have a fortress. Um, now that obviously has advantages for cover and being obscured and things like that, but it also has disadvantages in terms of it restricts their movement and wh where they can and can't go if they haven't got lots of units with fly and things like that. So it creates different tactical challenges by playing on a themed board that's different every single time when compared with a board that you can plan for and prepare for in advance. I understand why the, the top competitive events will have balanced boards because that's the only way you can kind of get around the fact that the board didn't favour one player over the other. But I think good themed boards that are dense enough that one player's not just going to get shot off the board, I think, in my opinion, is the best way to play. No, I think that's completely right. And I, I think the purchasing power thing is really relevant because actually we've, we've had a bit of a, a trend in recent times where obviously terrain gets called out after events and all these different things. And it's it's definitely important to understand what you're going into and then to you know make the most of that, I think, and, and not be sort of getting caught out just because you didn't know. Um, but mm. also, yeah, as you say, immersion, diversity of game experience, those are really important things and events can offer that by having different terrain setups. Yeah, I'd, um, I mean, I came from like a, I guess like as a teenager, like a chess background. So I'm very much, I do enjoy the um, kind of like the aspect of um, equality and trying to take away as many of those like things. And I think it probably depends a bit on the army you bring as well. Um, so um, I, even if I knew I had a shooting army, I'm not sure how much I would fully want to be playing on if I went to an event, I knew there wasn't going to be much terrain. Um, I'm not entirely sure on how much I would enjoy that experience, even if it was just all shooting armies. Mm -hmm. I quite like the fact that there are different dimensions in play. Some people can be shooting, some people can be combat, and both people can be um, both can be doing those sorts of things. Um, but yeah, as you say, it's personal preference. And the most important thing is, you know, one of my major bugbears is TOs who go, oh, my, you come to my event, you'll get lots of terrain. And then you come to the event <laughs> and uh, there isn't the terrain yeah, yeah, that yeah. you um, sold. Um, so yeah, I think that's, is, is, is that transparency? We have had some. Oh, we're continuing to have some. We need to cut to a video of Davy getting sucked up by a shop attack gun. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, like the little something hanging on, yeah. going that. But it, it, yeah. it has been a wonderful episode. We are very grateful um, to Lewis for coming on. Thank you very much, Lewis. We're really excited uh, for future Saffron Slam events, and we will be promoting Saffron Slam as much as we can through our socials. But do check them out. 
um, and we will see you all again soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.